Working the call. Okay. Hello. What's good? What, not what right. the call? Hello. Oh, how do you feel for a seal? I feel so good for a seal. How do you feel for a seal? I feel for a seal. I went to the aquarium today, Monterey Bay Aquarium. Literally, mm-hmm. I'm standing outside of the aquarium, and some woman just comes up to me and is like, did you already buy your tickets? And I was like, no. And she just hands me two free tickets, and this aquarium costs like $50 to get into. Wow. So I was like, wow. So I've just been having really good luck this week because I got out of a really expensive parking ticket. Um, not parking ticket, traffic, I don't know, driving ticket for being an idiot. Um and then this, so, like, maybe I should go buy a lottery ticket? Like, what is going yes. on? Mm-hmm. And then we can start our environmental education center, gang, gang. Gang, gang. Gang, freaking gang. So, yeah. So, you feel good for a seal, yes. Feel good for a seal. Oh, you're cutting out, friend. Ah, bugger. All right. Nice. Um, yes, I'm sitting on my floor right now. My cousin... Um, sent me a desk that I was trying to put together because, as most of you are aware, I just moved. Um, and, you know, it's, it's just it's not going well. So we're just having um, some white wine and a Winnie the Pooh Bear mug. And we're talking to Ellie about whales because oh my goodness. it's a mood. It's, it's a mood. a vibe. Um, yeah, so thanks for joining us. Um, sorry again that everything has been so sporadic. We have interviews lined up. However, just because of scheduling, me moving, Ellie being busy, I now have three jobs. Um, it's a challenge, but we're doing the best that we can. So thanks for bearing with us, friends. Mm-hmm. And Peach says thank you. And Peach says hello. Yeah. Peach, Peach also says manipulative things. Just says manipulative stuff. It's mm-hmm. funny. So I had my first house guest over last night, and. It's just, like, funny what a little charmer Peach is, and then, like, you find out later on once you get to know her that she's, like, actually the devil. Um, But she just, like, turned her little charm on, and she was like, oh, look at me. I'm so cute by the fire. I'm a little fox. Like, but I was like, no, you don't even know. Jeepers. Yum. So so your your new whale tattoo has has UV ink in it. uh, Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. So that tattoo artist is a genius, um, and she literally put bioluminescence in my tattoo. So if I'm under black light, my arm will glow bioluminescence. So we're jamming. And she, like, as she was doing it, she was like, look at the picture. And, like, she did, like, her best to make it accurate, which, I mean, she's amazing. Like, she she put specific whales on my arms, the T36As. Um, and then she put literal bioluminescence on my arm. So she's a badass, and we have discussions of finishing out the whole sleeve. So that will probably be something that takes place in the next year. The only thing is she lives in Seattle. I live here. Um, but, yeah, if you guys live in Seattle, you need to um, – you want to get a sick tattoo, go to Sienna Copa or her wife, Rowan. I don't know if they have the same last name or not, but they're at the same place, True Love Tattoo in Seattle. So go there. Gang, freaking gang. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but one of the Petunia twins, which is like um, a pretty popular tattoo artist in L.A., she was like, that's badass. And I was like, yes, yes it is. But it's just like when like a, a super badass person calls you a badass, like it's just. Isn't that validating? Absolutely inflated. Yes, it was so validated. I was like, wow, like 
Okay, but yeah, I can think of two times in my life where I've been called a badass or been told that I've been kicking ass by, like, badass people, and it's just like, I'm like, cool, we just got, like, I'm an airhead over here, hello, ego, what's good? <laughs> um, yeah, so we're jamming. Okay, so we don't have an episode to debrief. However, we also don't have questions because I didn't ask on social media if we had questions. Um, but then I have my own question because I was driving home and I was like, wait a second. Do whales drink water? Like, because it's salt water, and if you drink salt water, you get dehydrated. So, like, how do they do this? Also, do all animals need water? Which the answer is yes. Um, and, Ellie, do you want to further answer that question? Yeah. So, uh, when I was studying mammalogy specifically, there are a few ways that animals get water. Uh, one is the obvious one, drinking it. Um, the other one is when we metabolize our food, when we break down sugars, it's pretty much one of the one of the um, one of the offsets of uh, cellular respiration. How how we break break sugars into energy. Uh, we get water when we when we when we do that. So um, also, whatever whales eat is usually some like fish or krill or things that already have a lot of a high water content in them. So they also just get water by, by just eating, by consuming their prey. So that's that's how we're hypothesizing that whales get their water. Yeah, so we're jamming. So yeah, yeah. so that for me sparked other questions. So I went to go like type into Google, do all animals, um, like or do they drink water? And so as I typed in do all animals, guys the first three things that pop up and we're going to answer one of those questions because i think it's funny so the oh it says do all animals sleep do all animals have brains and do all animals bark and so obviously you know which questions okay okay so there's a whole article which i just read and maybe it's funnier because i'm drinking out of my winnie the pooh bear mug However, um, the answer is no. All animals do not fart. There right. is there is a field guide dedicated to this. There's a legit field guide. Literally, 133 pages. Each is devoted to a fart. So just name a few. Orangutans, yes. Salamanders, maybe. Does that have something to do with a water type butthole? Who knows? Sloths, no. Sloths do not fart. So. I'm sorry, say that last one again. Sloths do not fart. I could have told you that. Why could you have told me that? Did also, birds know? don't fart, yes. Why did you just know that? Because because what, of what they eat and how slow they move, they're like how they metabolize things. They're not taking in enough food quickly enough or digesting their food in such a way that produces any kind of copious amount of gas. Cool. So we're actually going to talk about what constitutes a fart or not because that's important so Danny Rabiotti which is a zoology student um, in London was the co-author of this book and basically there's there's a bunch of other people that um, that worked on this and basically the book is called does it <laughs> and there was a hashtag going around called does it fart and so obviously oh, riveting hard-hitting questions so basically farts are in many forms, right? So um, most oftentimes it is like gas that comes out of the opposite end of the mouth. 
and <laughs> we call that the anus. <laughs> I'm going to be reading from the website verbatim. But yes, often we associate this with digestion. However, there are some <gasps> animals that literally swallow air and then dispel it, expel it out of their butts, and this counts as a fart. So plot um, twist. Why did they do that? Did they say? They didn't. Um, but we can find out. I mean, maybe it's like um, I don't know. I literally have no idea. Um, but just to name a couple of really good fun facts. So zebras fart when they're scared. Um, cows fart and burp up to one to two hundred oh kilograms of methane each year, which is a mm-hmm. big problem for global warming. Which you you want to know what's fascinating? When I was in Tanzania, they had figured out a way to literally capture like um, methane from cows using their poop and then turn that into energy that they burned. They were burning the methane from the cows. Yep. Isn't that wild? <laughs> that is crazy. Um, but okay, so octopuses don't fart gas, but they can expel a jet of water to propel themselves through the ocean, and authors call this a pseudo fart. Also, like Ellie was saying, birds do not fart. However, parrots have been known to potentially mimic the sound of human butt toots. Jesus. That's you're, you're, you're. So, you in another life. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? What I'm the mean? parrot? Yes, mimicking a human fart sound. <laughs> Thank you. You know, I found that all animals that I resonate with are either a bird, um, or, or a moth. a bird, or a moth. But I literally, like, okay, so I don't want to, like, sound ignorant or whatever because, like, spirit animals are, like, a religious, spiritual thing and, like, you know, whatever. Like, not whatever. That's, like, a thing. Like, I'm not I'm not just saying it. I don't know the proper terminology. So please forgive me, humans, if I'm sounding ignorant. However, I did meet my spirit animal in real life in 2016. It was an albino guinea fowl. So basically, like a guinea fowl is like this weird looking space bird that like lives in Africa and just like screams in a field all day. And like, if that's not me, I don't know what is. Um, But then I've also kind of determined that I, like my spirit animal would also be a dolphin because like, you know, they're energetic, they're assholes, Still, everyone loves them. They're just like jumping around constantly, highly social, and like that's me. So, there it is. Dang. What's your spirit animal, Ali? There's a probably a better word to use. What do we use? But because I really do feel like there are animals that like represent my soul, but I don't want to say spirit animal if it's ignorant. You feel me? You want like soul animal? Yeah, we can call it a soul animal. What's your soul animal? Oh boy, I I talk about black-billed magpies a lot. Okay, <clears throat> because and these are these are like corvid. They're like crows, and they live almost everywhere in the North America except on the West Coast. And I think I, I think they just live everywhere in North America except coastal areas. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're like these little black birds with like white and blue and green feathers. And they like they notoriously like shiny things, and they sit outside and they make <laughs> noise. They make questioning noises all the time. That's you. Yeah. <laughs> and then they, when one of them dies, they all gather around and they make this like they make a huge ruckus, and they have a funeral. I don't know. Isn't think, that interesting? I think when I think when bad things happen, I I sit there and I make a ruckus. 
I think you do too. Um, yeah, <laughs> I agree with that statement. Yeah, you're definitely a magpie. But I like sure. I like shiny things. I'm, I'm constantly yeah. telling ladies like, oh, look at that sparkly thing on your finger. You're you literally are. Yes, oh, you are. yes, you are. I wish that you would have gone to Eckerd because we had a lot of glitter there. Oh my God, I I ran into someone from Eckerd today. Did you? I did. I like saw him. His name's Matt, and I was like, oh my God, you went to Eckerd. What's good? Because Eckerd has like four students that went there, basically. So we all know each other. And I was like, oh my God, what's up? Yeah. So that was so nice. Neat. But yeah, so I basically today I got to like have a little bit of home from everywhere because I went to the aquarium with my tattooist and her wife, and then. Um, got to see somebody from Eckerd. So I was like, cool, Washington nice. fam and Florida fam. But anyway, Amazing. But that's very interesting that um, that the magpies basically just get around and, and yell when something dies. It calls me. But yeah, it's, so, so, it, it's, well, it's just funny, like, listening to them, like, when they, especially when they start having babies. Like, mm. it's this constant, like, ah, ah, noise. Yes. Is that going to be you when you start having a baby? Maybe. <laughs> a lot of Montanans fucking hate magpies because they're noisy. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. But, but that's really interesting that they, like, basically kind of have, like, a, I guess what we would equate it to, like, a funeral or some kind of ceremony for their dead yes. or some kind of attention to it. Um, the The hypothesis with that is that uh, when they see one of their fellow birds de- die or dead, they all kind of gather around and, like, decide, like, what the thing was that killed it. And then they make an effort oh. to, to avoid it. Holy cow. Now, that really shows a whole nother level of cognition and learning. Like, that's literally so smart. Wow. You know, birds are quite fascinating. I didn't used to like them at first because, like, they're kind of jerks. And they just, like... They just shit everywhere, and I'm just, like, not here for it. Not that other <laughs> animals don't, but it's just, like, it's wet and, like, flying from the air, and you don't know where it's going to land. <laughs> so I don't like it. <laughs> but, like, but basically, that's really quite interesting. You know, there are other animals, too, that do that. Like, we saw that. We can tie it back to the residence because I was thinking, I was like, how do we tie this episode back to the residence? We saw it with with J-Pod with the calf last year, um, dragging, dragging around the, the baby calf. Oh, like, the year before, you know, yeah. Morning. Yeah. Um, and, and then, um, you know, elephants mourn the death of, of their babies, too. So there's a lot of evidence out there to show that, like, animals are emotional creatures potentially. Obviously, there's no way to prove anything ever, and I'm always mindful of the terminology that I use. Like, if you notice, I've never said, oh, this is proven or this is there's proof of this. I would scientific say this based evidence facts. So, Scientific-based evidence facts. Evidence-based scientific facts. Gang. Um, no, but like legitimate, like I'll, like I'll just be like, you know, there's evidence to support this, to suggest this, because, mm-hmm. you know, we can't prove anything. That's the whole point of science. You have to be able to disprove it in order for it to be considered science. Um, but we're always learning things, and there's new things that are being challenged. And I'm reading a book about whale and dolphin culture, and it's quite interesting to, like, talk about, like, horizontal versus vertical culture, which essentially is, like, Horizontal culture is like culture that is transmitted amongst peers, and vertical culture is culture that is transmitted amongst generations. Um, and you know, I think that what you're saying with the magpies, where they, they, you know, they try to figure out what killed them and then avoid that thing. 
I would say that that I I wouldn't even I don't know if we could consider that culture or if that's just a style of learning, but essentially is like what culture is defined as by like zoologists is like learning like social learning essentially. Um, mm-hmm. So that's really quite interesting, you know, and I think it supports a case for animal culture. And I don't know why people are so opposed to not, you know, supporting that. Obviously, we need critics, we need cynics, we need, we need all kinds of kinds um, to make this world go around, right? But like, you know, I am always in support of entertaining any possibility of of any theory. But look at that, animals doing things that are not that different from us. Work. Get it, magpies work. <laughs> Guess what I saw the other day? What did you see? A black-footed albatross. No. Yeah. Sex. So apparently, when they're in this area, they have a seven-foot wingspan, like a full-on seven-foot wingspan. But apparently, when they're up here in, um, like, in the Monterey Bay area, they're like notorious for following around the orcas and trying to get like bits of um, meat of whatever the orcas are killing. Um, but the California transients were just in the area last week, and they took down a gray whale calf. Um, but usually they start to do that around April, May, but there was one one killing recently. Wow. So, there it is. Do you have any whale news from Washington, other than obviously last week, you know, the whole thing was mega and everything? Mm, yeah, that's kind of still what people are focusing on. Um, people are definitely ramping up for the March for the Dams, which Let's I think go. is March 4th. Um, yeah. starts in Portland and ends, I think, at the Ice Harbor Dam. That's ice, I think that's what it's called. Mm. Um, yeah, that is one. Ice Harbor Dam, yeah. Uh, and that's that's uh, in eastern Washington. It's like a 2022-day 20, March. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. But everybody's ramping up for that. Uh, an Instagram and, and a, a group uh, a group on Instagram uh, Pacific Northwest Protectors, they are selling uh, sweatshirts to raise money for uh, for all the all their uh, all the things that they're going to help uh, do for the march. Like they're going to be providing like food and tents and like moral support along the way. So, man, I wish I was up there. I would absolutely love to participate in that march. I think my mom's going to be doing it for a couple of days. Of course she is, because your yeah. mom's amazing. So speaking of social media, I, like, recently had some thoughts. And I, like, I have very mixed, like, feelings about social media, and I've kind of gotten into that realm a little bit just because my job has kind of required me to in a sense. Um, but I was listening to a podcast by Tara Brock today, who she's a psychologist and a Buddhist, and she was talking about, like, humans becoming more connected in general, and that, like, essentially she was, you know, she had a case for disconnecting from the Internet and screen time and connecting to nature and connecting to your peers and your family and whatnot. And I have a lot of mixed feelings about social media because I, like, as things on the Internet, you know, as I'm out here putting a podcast on the Internet. But, um, you know, I think it's an interesting platform for getting information out there, like dispersal of information, However, I am also seeing there's a very, like, toxic culture, and there's a lot of studies that suggest um, that, you know, high uses of social media also contribute to higher mental illness. And it makes sense because it's, like, a constant comparison. But something that I've kind of noticed and discussions that I've had with um, 
you know, a photographer that I know in the area um, is that, like, it's a very toxic culture, and, like, essentially what he said is people are kind of just, like, waiting for him to mess up and, um, like, trying to take his job. And I just, like, you know, that went on in the scientific community, but I'm noticing it a lot on social media too, and I'm kind of struggling because I want, like, I think that social media is a nice bridge of, like, getting information out to those people that are in the square states or those people that can't afford to necessarily go out to the ocean or young kids or whatever. And, like, I remember as a kid, or not as a kid, but, like, as a teenager, being on Instagram, you know, following Paul Nicklin, following a bunch of other photographers that I really liked, and that's how I accessed my information. However, you know, I feel like there's, you know, there's a lot of really good platforms out there, but I'm noticing a lot of, like, toxicness as well, which I don't like. And I'm trying to find the balance between disseminating that information but also encouraging people to literally like go outside like literally go hug a tree like I don't I don't care what you do like go let pick up a leaf you know smell it I don't know but like I don't know what do you think Ellie yeah I absolutely agree um I think especially where you are uh social media plays a huger uh or a, a larger larger role in oh it totally does it's in, in the, in the culture here yeah. Like, it's like that's, like, how people communicate. Like, my boss is literally telling me that, like, I should be on my, like, social media feeds looking for new information. And I was like, whoa, like, because that's just different to me. Like, I'm not saying it's bad or anything. No. Just, it's just, I'm, like, the place that I go to get my information is usually, like, a book or a scientific source or, like, the American Citation Society, which she, like, also encouraged me to, like, go look at. Um, but there's a lot right. of, like, people in social media, and I'm also noticing, like, you know, I watched a documentary a few weeks ago, and I noticed that there was some misinformation in there about humpbacks. And, you know, I'm kind of thinking that the people that are out here doing, like, disseminating information um, maybe need to have some sort of, like, I don't, like, it just needs to be taken a little bit more seriously on fact-checking, and it's, like, I don't know. Like, I'm not saying that people are out here spreading a lot of misinformation, but, it, like, you know, there's a lot of people out here that I guess are influencing people on social media, I don't know. And, like, yeah, it's just well, important to, to have accurate information. Well, it just seems like I was having a conversation uh, both with you and with a couple other people about, you know, the difference between, like, why people get into whale watch naturalizing or, or naturalizing in general up here versus naturalizing down there. And there's such a bigger focus on you know, having the Instagram follower count and having having a lot of people see you doing things versus up here it seems to me like because we've got this population that everyone's really focused on saving, it's a lot more about getting the information out because we want to save something, not because we want to be noticed. I so agree. I think I think there's a big culture disparity and I I I definitely I definitely think that that has a lot of a lot of toxicity to it um, just because, I mean, everybody's a lot more cutthroat down there versus up here. It's, I mean, we're not on social media as much up here. Right. And you can definitely get, you can definitely sense that in the way that we all interact with each other is we're just yeah. a lot more congenial with each other. We're all like out looking out for each other. And I'm not saying like that's, I mean, across the board completely. Like I'm sure that there are people 
who are looking to undercut people and undermine people out here, but it's just not as prevalent as what I've seen in the California whale watching industry. Yeah, I literally, like, I've experienced a lot of culture shock coming down here, um, and that's definitely part of it. I'm like, whoa, I'm like, y'all, like, we're out here, like, trying to connect people to the wildlife, and, like, I feel like that's what my company is about, but, like, I've definitely experienced other, like, individual attitudes where it feels different, but I've also watched, like, different interactions on social media where people are, like, you know, arguing with each other, and I'm like, yo, like, we're, we're, we're trying to just disseminate information. It turns into something else, and, again, I think that this is just another um, kind of point to support my case for, like, your ruins everything, you know? Um and I agree with you, like, up in the Pacific Northwest, it's it's more about, hey, this is this population of whales, like, people are genuinely invested. Um, but I, I guess I think there's way too much emphasis on social media here, and, like, I'm somebody that tries to disconnect from social media a lot. Like, I'll regularly just, like, delete my apps and, like, be off for a couple weeks or a month or whatever, you know? Um, and, it, like, I, like, it seems like I can't do that here, like, because of my job. I don't know. Like, it's just, it's a different culture. I'm not saying, like, I'm just, I'm learning. I'm I'm trying to figure it out. Um, but it's, it's yeah. just, like, it's definitely interesting. And I, like, you know, when we started doing the social media stuff, like, I know that that's how information gets disseminated. However, like, I want to encourage the people that follow us on social media and that listen to our podcast to definitely spend more time outside and spend more time having physical conversations with people than you do on your cell phone or your laptop. Yes, absolutely. But, yeah, so there's that. So, yeah, we talked about a lot of things. We talked about sloths, farts. Okay, do whales fart? Is it like an octopus? Do they propel themselves? No, no. So, no, I want to say that whales do fart. You do? I do. I want to say that. You think it smells that? I don't know. I don't know if it's completely true or not, but that's what I. That's what my heart tells me. There's like that's what your heart tells you. Yeah. <laughs> so this is an evidence-based science fact. Evidence-based science fact. Um, based on Ellie's heart, gang, gang. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, we're jamming. Um, so wait, okay, so you think that they fart? Great. There's an animal. Oh gosh, there's some kind of animal. It's fart smells really distinct or something like that. Or like, oh, God. No, I think it's like something like when harbor seals breed, it like smells like something. It smells milk. like fish. No, I don't know. There's like a thing. We have to ask Andrew because Andrew knows because I distinctly remember someone asking me that question when I was on a boat this summer and I didn't know the answer and I had to ask Andrew and he was like, yeah, that's legit. And I was like, are you serious? Like, can't remember. I remember this summer a humpback pooped right next to us. Hell and the poop yeah. was red. Like Get bright it. brick red, yeah. That's kind of scary. What's, like, the consistency? Like, it was, like, little, like, it was, like, tiny little pellet things. Oh, like a rabbit? Kind of. But, like, wow. they're so high. Like, their poop is so high in fat content that it all Oh, my God. You know, poop is so interesting and relevant because Tanzania, you could find out so much about an animal from their poop. Like mm-hmm. when I was in Tanzania, like the first trip that we had, we were um, out with John Kiyoko, which is one of the professors at School for Field Studies who does some amazing research. But he was like collecting poop, and our car smelled so bad that he was going out there and picking it up, and then like 
the next day in class, we had, like, all these different samples of, like, safari animal poop. And, like, we were, like, looking at it and, like, taking it apart. Because you can figure out, like, what they eat and the health of the animal. And, like, if you, you know, are able to identify an individual and then also link it to their poop, like, you can kind of assess their health or, like, assess different things about them. Like, there's so many things that you can learn from poop. It's it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, that's uh that goes back to our episode with Deborah Giles and that's kind yes! that's kind of how they ascertained that uh the southern resident stress levels like most correlated with the um the influx and outflux of the salmon population. Uh-huh. Like when salmon runs were doing good, like the salmon or the southern resident stress levels would no. go down. <laughs> Get away! What is she doing? (laughs) She disappeared and she was being quiet. And my roommate left some veggie sticks on the floor and she (gasps) ate them. Oh, no. (laughs) We're jamming peaches, you little... (laughs) Crusted croissant. You crusted croissant. Crusted croissant. You want to go outside? Get out, you toasted, toasted fuck. Yes. Anyways, anyways, and then when (laughs) I thought at first you were like, no, and I was like, you were there for the interview, (laughs) why don't you remember? No, I do recall. I know, you were talking to the dog. But um, anyways, and then when salmon runs were bad, then then the stress levels would go up and like it, like boat noise and levels of pollution, like, like that didn't really significantly affect their struggles whatever it was. It was almost completely tied to the, the salmon runs. So poop is poop is very important is what it, it is. is down to. It totally is. And I also like during different times when I studied abroad, like we would have different check ins. Like I've noticed that like when I study abroad with people I always you get closer faster because you're just in situations that you're not normally in, right? But when I was in Indonesia, like every single morning we would have like a check-in where we would check in our physical health, our emotional health, and then talk about our poop scale every morning at breakfast <laughs> while we're eating our nasi puti, which is bahasa for white rice. Yeah. <laughs> so Talk about your poop over white rice. Literally. Literally, it's what you do. I mean, it's just what you do. I think you and my sister would get along. She likes to talk about her poop a lot. I don't like to talk about my poop. I just, that's just like what, like, it's just like when you're traveling abroad, like, there, like, are some people that just don't realize if their health is an issue. Like, literally every single time that I've traveled, I've been, like, given, there's, like, a poop scale that they, like, send out for you to, like, assess your poop health. But, like, my professor was, like, she was, like, hardcore about, like, you're going to tell us about your poop because she was, like, if you like if there's something wrong we gotta know because we were out doing like expeditions like deep inside the mangrove forest and like she was like i gotta know this morning i I don't need to know when we're like in the field like away from everything or off on like you know an island so it's chill that's amazing I miss my, my expedition days of just, like, being out in the wilderness. I'm kind of realizing another cultural difference with Californians is they're really soft here. Like, I just, like, <laughs> they're just really sensitive. Like, people just, like, start telling me, like, how they, like, actually feel. 
I'm like, I don't really know what to do with, like, it's like people that I don't know. It's weird because, like, there's not, like, that southern hospitality of, like, friendliness, but, like, like people just start telling me about their feelings, and I'm like, what do I do with this information? Like, I what? Like, I mean, I know how to be empathetic and stuff, but also, like, I've, like, talked to different people in this field that are from here, and there's, like, just certain standards I feel like that you go through, and they don't do that here. Like, people are not, like, hardcore they just, in the they wilderness. They immediately start oversharing. Yeah! I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, what is going on? Like, I appreciate that people are comfortable with me and whatnot, but I'm like, what is, what? But, like, yeah, it's just, like, there's a lot of feelings here. I don't know what having, to do. Having grown up in western Washington where we've got, like, the Seattle freeze, like, that would be an absolute culture shock for me. Because, yeah. I mean, it's western weird. Washingtonians have... are so slow to trust. Literally, that's how I am. I, it takes me a minute to, like, warm up to people. And, like, I have people out here, like, telling me their deep, dark secrets, and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> like, what are we, what are we doing? <laughs> like... <laughs> I mean, it's interesting, though, because I've had friends in, in college that are from, like, California, Oregon, Washington, and now having been on this side of the coast, there were things that they did that I thought were strange that now make sense. Um, so it's all, it's all coming into place. But it's it, I'm just like, whoa. Like, I was at the grocery store today, and I asked this guy, like, the cashier, I was like, how is it going, you know? And he was like, you know, honestly, I'm I'm just really stressed out today. But I was like, oh, because, like, cause, like I don't know. In the South, like, you ask how people are doing, and then, like, you lie to them. You're like, I'm great. Everything's great. We're jamming. Um, however, yeah, no, they're just, like, straight up with it. And, like, I was talking to somebody else. Well, actually, I wasn't even talking to them. I was, like, um, at one of my jobs, and one of my coworkers just, like, literally out of the blue was like, I'm, I'm really bummed out. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, I'm here to talk to people about their feelings. Like, that's fine. I just, like... It's so strange to me. Like, you need something to lead you into it. I'm just like, whoa. Like, literally, it was, like, out of the blue. Like, I'm so bummed. You, I wonder, because whales are emotional creatures, right? Do you think there's, like, different cultures throughout the different groups of whales? And, like, some oh, whales sure. are more, like, Midwesterners, and they're like, fuck you. Like, I'm not going to tell you how I'm feeling. Like, fuck your feelings. Like, gang, gang, whales. Yeah. And then other whales that are like, here's my whole heart. Like, oh, <laughs> Southern res, I I feel like Southern residents are that way, and transients, way? Trans- they're they're like, let me tell you how I feel, and I just need a hug, and then, uh, then <laughs> transients are like, shut up about your fucking feelings. Literally, literally. I mean, it's cool. It's a challenge for me. Like, it's interesting because I'm always somebody that embraces new things, new challenges, new cultures and perspectives. I think I've just struggled with the culture on the West Coast because I wasn't prepared. Like, when I went to Tanzania, Indonesia, all the stuff, I, like, read books. I was taking classes. Like, I knew what was up. Like, I showed up. I was like, yes, you're going to slaughter a goat in front of me. Yes, we are going to put cow shit in our hands, and we are going to smear it on this hut, and we are going to have a great time. And I'm going to cover my knees at all times. Like, I know what's up, you know? And we're jamming with it, you know? But this time I was like, what? I was I didn't think to read any books or look anything up because it's, like, the United States. But – there's so many subcultures in the United States. So we should figure out what all the whale subcultures are and be like, what are your personalities like work? You know, um, we interviewed Gay Bradshaw way back when, but um, in her book, Carnivore Minds, she, I think it was sharks that she um, used the NEO, which is a personality test that yeah, assesses, she did. assesses the five facets of personality. So it's 
ocean. So it's openness, um, conscientiousness, extroversion. Um, uh, what was the other one? There's negative emotions, and then what is the A one? I can't remember. Well, I can find out. My is it assertiveness? Um, it's assertiveness or it's something else. I literally have my um my psychology personality textbook right here, right in front of my face. Of course I do, right? Um, but she basically just like assessed that. Oh yes, yes, yes. Okay, so it's extroversion, neuroticism, and or negative emotion. Um, openness, conscientiousness, and agreeableness. So she literally was able to look um, at those things in sharks, and she was able to kind of associate um, personalities not only among different species, but among different individuals, which is what we can do with humans as well. Because, like, different, you know, in the South, there's certain things that people do, but then there's individual differences within people in the South, you know, that differ from, they differ from one another, but then, you know, as a collective, they differ from different parts of the world. So... There we go. We need to do a personality assessment of the whale. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What kind of personality? So, like, I, obviously orcas are, like, you know, they're probably high on extroversion, right? Oh, Negative absolutely. emotion, I guess we could potentially assess that through their poop, you know, see their stress levels. Mm-hmm. Agreeableness, I'm not sure how we would assess agreeableness of a whale, Conscientiousness, I would say that all whales are probably higher on the conscientiousness scale than other animals just because that they have to be conscious of their breath. And that's interesting because in a lot of like spiritual or like religious type settings, there is a theme of conscientiousness of the breath being like associated with higher spirituality or emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So many things that we have to study, so many things we don't know how to study that we don't have money for, that we will get money for, that we will get ideas for, we're jamming. Also, if you haven't noticed, I cling to three phrases in my life at a time, and right now I'm clinging to jamming, so we're jamming. Yes, about six months ago it was, what's the thesis? (laughs) And then, yeah, it was, what's the thesis, like a vomit noise, and then something else, I can't even remember. But my... Adam would be able to tell us. I don't, yeah, probably. Um, my friend Shane, back in my college days, I'm not going to say what the phrase was that I was clinging to because it's oh, not geez. appropriate, um, but literally 3D printed me a sign of oh, that phrase, which is currently in my room right now. So, gang, gang. Mm-hmm. Anywho, yeah, so do we have any final thoughts? We're just out here being spicy. Give us your feedback. Tell us what you think. Tell us if you Mm -hmm. hate it. Tell us if you love it. Tell us if you feel medium. (laughs) Medium for a seal. Medium for a seal. Gram on the gram. Yeah. Santa Coppa. Yeah. She does have amazing stuff. Just Just to piggyback on what you were saying earlier. Erica's tattoo is on there. She's amazing. She's got great stuff. Please go to her if you're in Seattle. She actually just did, like, a bunch of flash. Um, her and her wife, Rowan, both did. Um, and it's not, like, traditional flash in the sense that, like, you know, anybody can get it. It's, like, kind of, like, semi-custom flash is how they were describing it. So, like, there's still some pieces that have not been claimed. Um, but both of them are phenomenal. And, like, yes. And they're also, like, I mean, not only is their artwork good, but, like, just, like, high quality of, like, 
professionalism, like health standards, etc. So also a very comfortable place to be. So yes, go get tattoos from them because they're awesome. But yeah, yes. work, Graham on the Gram. You guys mm-hmm. should let us know what animals you think fart and stuff. So perfect. Ask don't us hurt. questions. Talk to us on Facebook and Instagram. But also don't spend too much time on social media because go outside and yes. be happy. And yes, okay, it's like... Exactly. All right. Well, All right. love you guys. Goodbye. Have fun. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.